Mark Malusis, Moose, lead sports anchor over at PIX 11 out in New York. You also hear him, Moose and Keith, on the Better Network, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Monday through Friday. Moose, thanks so much for giving us some time here on a Friday night. How you doing, man? Ryan, PJ, what's going on, man? How's how's everyone doing? Doing good, Moose. Doing pretty good. Uh, So before we get into the Derby, before we even get into the Yankees who lose again tonight in heartbreaking fashion to the Rays, uh, your thoughts, do you think the Jets are going to be an absolute disaster? Aaron Rodgers right now doing the marketing tour, hanging out at Madison Square Garden with Sauce Gardner and Jessica Alba. Uh, the Jets go from being... He was at the Oaks today. He was at the Oaks yeah, today? Yeah, he was. Well, he's always at the Derby. Yeah. They went from being 25-1 uh, to 1 to win the Super Bowl all the way down, I'm seeing in some shops, to 10-1. to 1. What are your thoughts on the Jets heading into the season, Moose? Yeah, I think they're actually going to be good. I mean, I, you know, I, I understand that uh, the idea of maybe fading them, thinking that year number one is it really going to be what Tom Brady was down in Tampa year number one. But I, I, I think the Jets are getting a really motivated guy. I think he grew stale in Green Bay, didn't end all particularly well. I don't think he looks anything like Drew Brees at the end or Ben Roethlisberger at the end or Pey- Pey- Peyton Manning at the end or Eli Manning at the end. Uh, I think he's got a, a lot of game left in him. And I, I think uh, – it was introductory presser about, what, nine days ago? I think it was a week ago this past Wednesday when he got introduced. Yeah, uh, I thought he looked you know, rejuvenated. I thought he looked fresh. I, I thought he looked ready for um, you know, everything that's in front of him and kind of emboldened about being, kind of being the, viewed as, he's not going to call himself the savior, but being viewed as a guy that can maybe deliver a, a championship to a franchise that hasn't won once since Super Bowl three. So... I think it's an exciting time. I, I think for the Jets, uh, you know, I, I think they are the biggest story in the National Football League, bar none. I don't think there's anything particularly close. And I don't know if I necessarily would bet the Jets at 10-1 to 1 to go win the Super Bowl year number one. But um, I'll tell you, they have, they have a lot of talent on the team. And Garrett Wilson's going to be really, really good uh, this upcoming season. Ridiculously special if Reese Hall is able to get back. The biggest key for the Jets on offense is going to be the offensive line who they addressed in the second round, uh, you know, with the Wisconsin center slash guard who can help out the interior. But you know, the big question is going to be is, you know, what does Dwayne Brown look? What does Makai Becton look like this upcoming season? Defensively, I think they're going to be pretty good. Moose, let's talk derby. Uh, just give us, you yeah. know, some horses that you like, maybe an exact box trifecta that you're playing. What do you like for tomorrow? Yeah, no pressure. Yeah, I mean, I'm. Yeah, I, I really like the fourteen. I really like the fourteen Angel Empire at eight to one on the morning line. I don't know what his odds will be uh, when the gates open tomorrow night at six fifty-seven or right around that time at, at Churchill Downs. But you know, it was really impressive. You know, a long sustained run in winning the Risen Star, then came back and was visually impressive winning the Arkansas Derby. Um, and I, I think for Brad Cox and and for Flavion Pratt, um, I had a pioneer of the Nile. I think he's bred to get the distance. Um, I think I think Angel of Empire has the earmarks of, of being the Kentucky Derby Kentucky Derby winner 149. Now, listen, I go into it with a complete understanding. You look at Forte, you look at Todd Pletcher, not only Forte, but Tapitrice. Those are the two betting favorites at the top, and obviously I, I think Forte is probably the most likely winner uh, of tomorrow's race, and people are going to say, well, duh. I mean, he's 3-1 to one on the morning line. Yeah, he's a two-year-old champ. He's done nothing wrong. The criticisms will the criticisms this year will be well he's not particularly faster than he was as a two year old has he improved well no he's not he's not necessarily improved but tell me where the great super horse is tomorrow and I don't think it's an overly you know talented field so Forte is going to take some beating I think he's handy enough to be able to where he can get the trip Tappet Trice can run all day 
problem is he's slow leaving the gate. He's going to need a little bit of racing luck. Uh, but I'm going to be using Angel of Empire on top. A couple of horses that I use underneath that I think can can really outrun their odds. Um, I would use uh, I'd use the one um, where I, coming out of the uh, coming out of the Wood Memorial, I do think uh, he's got an opportunity. And I was disappointed with his performance in the Wood Memorial, but I, I do think uh, a smallish colt. I think he can I think he can work out a trip for sure. Um, and I think he can outrun his odds. And I would also use Disarm at 30-1 to 1 on the morning line uh, for Steve Asmussen and Joel Rosario. Barely got in based on Kentucky Derby points, did enough, ran third in his last race, has been training like an absolute machine. He's been really the talk of the backstretch to Churchill Downs this week. So Disarm is one that I'd use underneath. So I do love Angel of Empire. I've liked him all week long, so I'm going to key him on top. I'd use Disarm. I'd use the one. I'd use the Pletcher horses. I'd throw Kings Barnes into the mix as well. And if you're really going to spread, I'd, I'd use the 17, Derma Sotogake, the Japanese bread, who I think can really run all day. And there's nothing that he has done wrong internationally to think that he doesn't have a shot in this field tomorrow afternoon or tomorrow evening. Is there a horse that you hear people talking about that maybe you just have no interest in or maybe you're going to look to fade? Not, I don't know, in the matchup. Like I keep hearing about the eight mage who I actually liked, uh, you know, 18 to 1, 15 to 1. Not obviously sure where he's going to close. But I do kind of like that horse. Anybody that you're just staying away from, or what are your thoughts on Mage, actually, yeah, the, the eight I horse? Lo- yeah, I mean, I don't love Mage. I really don't. Okay. I mean, I'm not telling you that he's not talented. And and maybe, maybe he wins. I mean, maybe he surprises me and does. I, I just think the inexperience uh, is going to come back to, to hurt him a little bit. Plus, people are going to make the argument, well, he's going to improve. Like, he, he blew by and, and blew by Forte in the Florida Derby like he was standing still on the far turn. And then Forte in the final 16th of a mile ran him down. Um, I think a, probably a more experienced horse wins the Florida Derby. I'm not telling you Mage is not talented. I think if you're going to take a shot, you're going to gamble on talent. You're going to say, well, it's an improving, inexperienced three-year-old. I think he's got three races under his belt for his entire racing career. And think yeah. to yourself, okay, well, you know, five weeks out, they gave him enough of a break that he's going to fire his best shot tomorrow night. And the and the and the value and the odds are going to be in your favor. So I'm, I'm not going to talk you off of it. I've know I know some people that do like Mage tomorrow night. Uh, I'm just not one of them. If I'm going to use them, I'd probably use them underneath. Moose, we had a bunch of scratches in this race, and now we have a 21, 22, and 23 horse uh, Cyclone Mischief, Mandarin Hero, King Russell. A- any of those horses? I mean, they're big long shots. 27 to one, 40 to one. Would you, who would be like this year's rich strike for you if you had to take a stab at like a forty to one kind of horse? Is there anyone that you know maybe you throw some pizza money on or something like that? Yeah, I mean disarms thirty to one on the morning line. I don't know where his odds are right now because I know they opened up betting this afternoon, um, but I don't know where he's sitting. But he was thirty to one on the morning line. I'd use the twenty two. There's nothing not to like coming out of the Santa Anita Derby. The Santa Anita Derby winner out of scratch. He spiked the fever. Uh, about 36 hours ago, so he's out of the race. But uh, if you believe that Cyclone Mischief to 21 getting into the field is going to set or or give you a, at least, I don't I don't think there's going to be an unbelievable pace up front. But there was a conversation earlier in the week whether or not there'd be any pace up front, um, and would there be enough up front for closers to run into? I think Cyclone Mischief is going to ensure that there'll be enough speed, enough pace up front. Uh, to give it a, a, a be a fair and honest race. So, therefore, I think you got to include the 22, another Japanese bred, closed like an absolute free train in the Santa Anita Derby. 
Um, I think, you know, he probably is a cut below when you're looking at class as compared to Derma Sotogake. Uh, but anything can happen in the Kentucky Derby, as you mentioned, you know, as compared to what we saw last year with the rich strikes, you know, scratching into the race and being the longest shot on the board and, and winning the race. Uh, anything else you like in any of the other 13 races? Any other looks? Um, yeah, I would use uh, Talk of the Nation in the ninth race tomorrow. Um, really talented, 10 to 1 on the morning line. It's a turf race. I don't understand how he's 10 to 1 on the morning line. Visually impressive. Uh, his last race, I believe, at Tampa down, at Tampa Bay, uh, at Tampa, uh, was visually impressive. Really, really talented turf runner for, for Shug McGahee, who, you know, has trained champions and, and been a longtime successful trainer, especially on the Naira circuit. Uh, talk of the nation. I don't think you're going to get anywhere at 10 to 1, but he's probably, other than, me really liking, uh, you know, the 14 in, in the Kentucky Derby. I do like talk of the nation in the ninth race tomorrow afternoon at Churchill. Yeah, I think that's a good look. Uh, Moose, what about the uh, – let's shift gears to baseball. What do you think of the Yankees? Lost again tonight to Tampa Bay. Nine, nine and a half games back. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Any any ho- – like, do you think there's a real, real fear that they could miss the postseason? Um. Well, it, it's it's like getting – Late, early, like you know, it, it's you know, you watch enough baseball, and you guys know this better than anybody. You know, and how many times you're being told, "Well, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint." Well, for the Yankees, where you know, there's really no organizational depth, there's no help coming from the farm. You know, who knows when you see Carlos Rodon with the latest injury news for him, knowing that is, you know, his back injury is something he's going to take a cortisone shot. Maybe you see him in June, maybe you see him in July. You haven't seen Luis Severino. Uh, Matt, Boone's had some managerial gas when handling the, the bullpen. They're not this prodigious offensive team without Stanton and Judge in the lineup. And you have the Tampa Bay Rays who are off to this unbelievable start. I mean, going into tonight, their run differential was plus 114. They were 20 games over the 500 mark. Now they're 21 over. And the Yankees, as you mentioned, are sitting there nine and a half games back, and they're sitting in last place in the American League East. I mean, that's it is, uh, you know, the, the Yankee fan has been clamoring for change and want accountability with Brian Cashman and, you know, want accountability with Aaron Boone. And he heard Cashman the other day um, blaming, you know, the injuries and saying, well, this team has got to keep their head above water. But now there's there's a real threat for them not to even make the playoffs. Amazingly enough in the American League, like, do I think they'll still get there? Yes, because I feel like they always seem to find a way to get there. However, what you're watching right now, they're a terrible baseball team, um, and they deserve to be exactly where they are. I understand injuries happen. I get it, but you know they're they're a bad fundamental team. They they strike you know their batting average as a team is terrible. They don't score many runs. The bullpen has been leaky at the worst possible times as well. Um, you know they deserve to sit exactly where they are in the American League East and. As we're sitting here in early May, yeah, they, it's still early in the Major League Baseball regular season. We're still like you know 33 games in. However, um, the there are no there's no help entering anytime soon. So they've got to figure it out internally. And there's not many solutions when you look at their roster right now. Uh, Moose, we got about two more minutes. We already asked you about the Jets. What were your thoughts on the Giants draft and just them heading into the season? I love Deontay Banks. Anybody that could run a four three forty and got yeah six one for a corner, and then you get Jalen Hyatt too. What are your thoughts about the Giants going into the season? Yeah, I thought they addressed some needs. I mean, I, I think they need a corner. They need a big to play wide receiver uh, threat. Then, and, and I do like Jalen Hyatt. Now he's 
you know, he's an all-speed guy. Some people question just what kind of route tree he ran at Tennessee. I heard the same similar concerns of D.K. Metcalf when he was coming out of Ole Miss. Yep. D.K. Metcalf's a hell of an NFL wide receiver. So, I mean, I you know, I look at Hyatt, and here's one thing you can't teach. You can't teach speed. He's fast. And, and I think the Giants need a burner, and that's exactly what they got. I think they got themselves a starting center with a kid from Minnesota that they drafted in the second round. I think he's going to be there probably for the next eight to 12 years. And the offensive line is something that Joe Shane has, has gone out there to and promised that he would address, and he would. The big thing is is you need Daniel Jones to throw for more than, you know, he can't throw for 15 touchdowns, 16 touchdowns this upcoming season. He's got to be in the mid-20s, and they've got to figure out exactly what Saquon Barkley doesn't want to play under the franchise tag of $10.1 million. Joe Shane on the NFL Network yesterday saying that they're working on a long-term deal. Well, they better because Saquon Barkley is of high importance to this team offensively. But more importantly, Daniel Jones proved a lot of people wrong last year. He's got to take another step forward after getting rewarded with the contract this offseason. Moose, thanks so much for giving us some time on a Friday night. Enjoy the time with the family. We'll be rooting for uh, Angel of Empire and Brad Cox, who I, you know, I fell in love yeah, with him in the Arkansas go. Derby. So <laughs> let, let's go. I like the price, too. Thanks, man. Enjoy the weekend. Thanks, Moose. You, you got it, guys. Be well.